0: Agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Alright guys, happy Saturday. Welcome to the Frittle Show. Great to have you with us. There is so much to talk about this week. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I do know where to begin, actually. It's at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Sanders edges out. Mayor Pete to win in New Hampshire. Klobuchar, the surprise placement in third. So, I'm Crystal Heath. This is the Friddle Show. Lots happening in the world of politics. Lots coming to Nevada next week. You do not want to miss it. I'm going to tell you how about you can get free tickets to an event with Vice President Mike Pence. I'm going to tell you about an event the president himself is coming to town for this week. It's something that for those of you that attend Liberty Baptist Church here in Las Vegas, you will be very interested in. Oh, so many things. Okay, but so first off, Bernie Sanders wins New Hampshire. I believe uh, he ended up with, oh, what was it? It was like 25.9% of the vote or somewhere right around there. Mayor Pete ended up uh, with 24. And then Amy Klobuchar had over 19% surprise placement in third there. Bernie Sanders, obviously not a surprise. He should be winning New Hampshire when he's from uh, Vermont, the self-described democratic socialist, has propelled himself to the front of the still crowded field. But I gotta say, I'm, I'm honestly a little surprised by this. I really did not think that Mayor Pete would be doing this well. I never thought Amy Klobuchar would be doing this well. And I really didn't think Bernie Sanders had it in him. I didn't think that we were ready for a communist just yet. Uh, by the Democrats, but that appears to be the direction that we are headed, at least for now. Nevada, South Carolina coming up, and then Super Tuesday. Obviously all three of those will make a huge impact on this race. Joe Biden. Surprise to me. Uh, well, I guess not really shocked by Biden's results in in Vermont. That was, um, I mean New Hampshire. That's, I didn't expect Biden to win well in New Hampshire. I did not expect Mayor Pete and Sanders to do as well as they did in Iowa. Of course, you know, we still don't really know who won there, do we? I don't think we do. But Nevada, South Carolina, these are going to be huge for Biden. I don't picture Biden dropping out before Super Tuesday regardless, but if he doesn't have a better showing in one or two or probably both of these states, he, I feel, is in big, big trouble potentially moving forward. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Biden. Also, Elizabeth Warren, surprisingly low. She's not doing well. I did get a phone call from her campaign the other day. It was, it was, let me let me explain to you how this is going to work. Okay, because you live in a Nevada, you live in a Nevada, you live in the Nevada, you live in Nevada. So you are going to be hearing about politicians, politics, a lot over the next few days as the as the primary approaches here or the caucus approaches here and then because we are a purple state as the year progresses we will have more people coming to visit us and so on so pro tip for you when you encounter someone who does not share the same political opinion as you you do not have to lambast them with your opinions so i received a call from Elizabeth Warren's campaign. No idea how they got my phone number. And the campaign worker wanted to know who I was going to be caucusing for. And I asked who she was working with. Because they always phrase it as not... Not always. I shouldn't say always. Oftentimes, the phrasing in phone calls like this will make it seem like they're not with an actual campaign when they are. So I asked, you know, who, who are you with? And she's like, well, I'm with the Elizabeth Warren campaign, but really this is just helpful for us overall in in determining something, something, something. There's all these fancy words, but the bottom line is they just want to know if you're voting for their candidate. I know this because I've been that person. I have done this. I have worked on political campaigns, and so I, I knew exactly what was going on. And I'm, I'm not a supporter of Elizabeth Warren, um, but I, I didn't tell this young lady that she was ignorant or that they shouldn't be calling me or call her names or tell her that her candidate was terrible or anything like that. I didn't say any of those things. Why? Because she's a person. And she's most likely not making any money for doing this. She's doing something that she believes in, even if it's a belief that I disagree with. It's something she believes in, and so we have a cordial conversation. And I said, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. I've I've sat in that position before. I've done exactly what you're doing. I've made these phone calls before. I've just made them for the other side. I said, you know, I'm I'm not a registered Democrat, so I don't want to waste your time because it it won't make a difference in your in your in your numbers because I can't vote in the caucus, but. You know, I, I hope you have a good day and wish you the the best of luck with your with your phone calls today. And she was a little taken aback by that, but not in a not in a bad way. She was just like, "Oh, wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You too." And that's really all it takes. She's dedicated to her cause. I know she is because she's making phone calls for this person. I know that I'm not going to be of help to her because I'm I'm not seeing the same things that she's seeing but I can still be cordial about it. She's not Elizabeth Warren. If it was Elizabeth Warren calling me, I I you know, I'd have some questions. We could have a little conversation, but she's not Elizabeth Warren. She's just a volunteer. And so I chose to be nice to the volunteer and kind to the volunteer. And we, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't the end of my day. In fact, it wasn't even really an inconvenience. Kindness goes a long way. And I'm telling you, you're going to be getting a lot of this political stuff. Just be kind. You probably have a pretty good, solid opinion of of who you like or don't like and who you're going to vote for or not vote for. But you can still just, you know, be kind. Anyway. So. Democrats... Primary in New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders wins the thing. Uh, Michael Bennett from Colorado. He dropped out following the New Hampshire primary. Uh, Senator Cory Booker has officially dropped out. He actually dropped out before Iowa. Uh, Steve Bullock from Montana dropped out. Julian Castro dropped out. Bill de Blasio has dropped out. Uh, John Delaney has dropped out. Senator Kristen Gillibrand has dropped out. Kamala Harris has dropped out. John Hickenlooper has dropped out, Uh, but that was a, a, sorry, that, nope, that's specific, never mind, disregard. Uh, Bido obviously has dropped out, Um, let's see, who else, Eric Swalwell left the presidential race last year, Andrew Yang uh, dropped out after New Hampshire on February the 11th. And Joe Walsh, who was the former Tea or current radio host, said he would rather support a socialist than President Trump. He was running in the Republican primary against Trump, ended up suspending his campaign on February the 7th. So, we are narrowing the field somewhat. There's still a whole bunch... <laughs> a whole bunch left. But currently, where we sit is uh, Mayor Pete has 23 delegates... For the Democrats, Bernie Sanders has 21 delegates. Elizabeth Warren has 8 delegates. Amy Klobuchar has 7 delegates. Joe Biden has 6 delegates. Uh, Still in the race, Michael Bloomberg, Tom Steyer, but neither one of them have any delegates whatsoever. So that's where that is. Joe Biden is trying to assure everyone that the Democratic primary is still wide open. Which, you know, technically, yeah, it could be could be. He said, I want you to know, when uh, he did uh, a phone call with supporters, he said, I want you to know that things haven't changed in terms of the response we're getting, in terms of whether it's contributions online or whether it's endorsements, since both of those primaries have taken place. Um, he said the primary is still wide open, and that South Carolina is a launching pad to performing well in Super Tuesday states. He said he raised over $4 million online in the first 11 days of February, and $453,000 in one day alone he said uh he used a profanity to s- to say he will be something if we're going to lose this nomination particularly if we're going to lose this nomination and end up losing an election to donald trump he said he's not sugarcoating the status of his chances and that he feels really good he said obviously i'd rather that we had won both states don't get me wrong but i think it's going to be fairly hard for people like mayor pete to go south i think it's going to be awful hard for amy klobuchar and they're good people to go south. He then reminded everyone that Bill Clinton had a slow beginning in 92, faced early losses, but then went on to win the Democratic primary, which is, in fact, accurate. Unlike, unfortunately, many other things that um, Joe Biden might say. Michael Bloomberg came into some hot water this week as a 2015 audio clip came to light. The issue was stop and frisk. So in New York, there was the stop and frisk policy, which many, including con- some conservatives, have argued is not constitutional. But, what and that's, I, I think that's really the crux of this issue. Like, is it constitutional? Whether or not it's a good idea is another thing. The, 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 because, okay. Oh man, I don't have time to talk about t- stop and frisk today, but it's a whole issue all in its own. Is it effective? Yes. Did it work? Yes. Is it constitutional? Maybe. Maybe not. But I, I again, I just don't have time to get into it today. But uh, th- this radio interview of Michael Bloomberg talking about the, the stop-and-frisk laws, which, again, have not been overly, shall we say... Mm, appreciated by much of the left, Michael Bloomberg has an interview where there are clips of him discussing how this is a good thing. He said that uh, stop and frisk did target minority kids and that cops need to throw them up against a wall to disarm them. And well, okay, here's just some of the Here are some of the the quotes from this interview. He said, 95% of murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take a description, Xerox it, and pass it out to all the cops. They are male, minorities, 16 to 25. That's true in New York. That's true in virtually every city. And that's where the real crime is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that are getting killed. He said, so one of the unintended consequences is people say, you're arresting kids for marijuana that are all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. That's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them up against the wall and frisk them, and then they start saying, oh, I don't want to get caught, so they don't bring the gun. They still have a gun, but they leave it at home. Well, obviously, again, I don't have time to analyze this whole thing today and go through the pros and cons of stop and frisk. The thing is, there's a lot of truth in what Bloomberg is saying, but it is not presented well. It is not well said. I think that if we look at some candidates on the other side, we have seen that there are, you know, some on the right who speak things that are true, but perhaps don't say it well. And I won't, I won't mention any names, but y- you might be able to catch on to what I'm talking about. So I, I don't think this sinks Mike Bloomberg's ship because I think we have seen very clear demonstration that just because a politician does not present something in a well-spoken way or in a way that would be pleasing to the ears, if you will, does not necessarily mean that they cannot win an election. And Bloomberg has the money to potentially steal this thing still. I don't, I don't know that he can. But it is possible, so don't don't count out Mike Bloomberg yet, even with this whole stop and frisk thing. uh he did go on after these these clips were were found. He said his campaign said that he inherited the police practice of stop and frisk. He said he cut it back by ninety five percent by the time he left office, that he should have done it faster and sooner, and that he's taken responsibility for taking too long to understand the impact it had on black and latino uh communities, so he's trying to trying to backtrack a little bit there. But there is, there is a whole issue surrounding stop and frisk. Again, is it constitutional? Maybe. Did it work? Yes. Was what Bloomberg said in the interview mostly true? Yes. Was it presented well? Not at all. Does that mean that he couldn't win the election? I think if history, particularly recent history, is any indication, it is not. But now all eyes are set on Nevada as we are the next state to caucus. Next Saturday, February 22nd at noon Pacific Time, which is the time zone that we live in if you live here in Nevada. We will caucus. Will these caucuses turn out better than Iowa's? New Hampshire, that one was pretty easy. We had a we had a winner was good to go that just a straight-up primary iowa was a caucus it was a disaster nevada democrats are attempting to ensure that the iowa caucus disaster is not replicated in nevada they are not going to use the app that uh, that was used in iowa they had planned to use the app but they have disregarded or not disregarded they have disposed of i guess we could say that app and they're going to be doing something different the problem is As of now, we still really don't know what that something different will be. My guess is that we will have an old-school-style caucus, much as we've seen in the past, but Democrats here in Nevada are scrambling still a little bit to try and get everything set up because the app is going away we also have the complication here of early voting iowa does not have early voting but nevada this year is trying to incorporate early voting into the caucus process interesting and then of course because this is nevada if there are ties in the delegate allocation allocation at the end of the night the process is resolved by not rolling dice which would also, you know, potentially work but by drawing cards. Yes, high card wins in Nevada if there is a tie in delicate or delegate allocation. Fun begins at noon on Saturday. But before that, before that, everybody is going to be coming to visit us. Everybody. Not just Democrats are coming to Nevada this next week, but the president himself and the vice president are both coming to Nevada next week. all right, I'm going to tell you how you can go and see them. You could take your family. Uh, you can you can do this as a field. Vice President Mike Pence is going to be here ahead of caucus weekend on Friday, November, November. No, February. Wow. February 14th uh, Okay. I need to just stop for a moment, pause, stop talking. Reset the brain. Friday. February 21st, next Friday, Vice President Mike Pence is going to be here with us in the Silver State. He's participating in an Evangelicals for Trump event that will be held here. It's going to be at Sunrise Bible Church over towards Nellis. It's at 9.30 a.m. You can RSVP for this event. Tickets are free. You can RSVP for up to two tickets at a time. So if you have six people in your family, then you would need to RSVP on three different you would RSVP three different times. So if you go to the Trump website, I'm going to see if I can replicate this so I can tell you how to do it. Hang on, let me see. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to DonaldJTrump.com and then you click on the Events tab. On the Events tab, you will see a bunch of different, guess what, events. Scroll down, because there's a lot of them still right now. Scroll down some more. I'm still scrolling. Okay, until you find the event titled Evangelicals for Trump event with Vice President Mike Pence in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can click Get Tickets, and then you just fill in your name, your email address, your phone number, zip code, and how many tickets you would like. You can get one, you can get up to two at a time, and you can RSVP more than once. You will then get a confirmation text to your email that you'll punch in the number. In this uh, in the form, and then they will send you tickets with a barcode, and that would get you free access. If you would like to go see Vice President Mike Pence again, it'll be at Sunrise Bible Church next Friday, February twenty-first at nine thirty a.m. It's out towards Nellis, seventeen eighty Betty Lane. So the Vice President will be here next Friday. Then on Saturday, um, I lost it. On Saturday, President not sorry, not Saturday, on Thursday, Vice or President Trump rather is going to be visiting Las Vegas. Guess what the president is coming here for? This is really cool. I'm excited about this. The president is coming for the Hope for Prisoners graduation. How cool is that? This is awesome. News 3 in Las Vegas is reporting that President Donald Trump will visit Las Vegas. Next week, to speak at an event for people re-entering the community after incarceration. A White House official confirmed in News 3 that Trump will give remarks at the Hope for Prisoners graduation ceremony on Thursday, February 20th at the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Headquarters. The president plans to highlight White House efforts to give former inmates new opportunities, according to the official. We are so very honored to have the president of the United States here in our local community recognizing the men and women who are fighting for their second chance, John Ponder, director of Hope for Prisoners, said in an email. Hey, uh, this will be the president's first visit to the Las Vegas Valley since speaking at the Republican-Jewish Coalition Conference in April of 2019. And, of course, comes just two days before Nevada's Democratic presidential caucus. Pence comes the next day, and then the caucus. The timing of this thing couldn't be more perfect. Now, yes, uh, the White House has been a great friend of hope for prisoners. I just think it's it's so strategically interesting that this... this speech will be happening just days before the the caucus here. So it's it's a lot of stuff going on in our state this coming week. If you are planning to travel downtown for any reason whatsoever on Thursday or Friday uh, or Saturday next week, you um, may want to plan some extra time into your route because there will be road closures, there will be big planes, Air Force One, and so on. It's going to be pretty epic here. The next few uh the next few days leading up to the caucuses, all right, I only have a few minutes left, so let's um, let's see what we can get through here i want I want to talk about the significance of some of these candidates, who they are, where they're coming from, what they're proposing because i I don't know that this is all always understood or possibly thought through, but Bernie Sanders if he if he becomes the nominee, if this momentum carries through, I think that Bernie Sanders is the most dangerous candidate our country has seen in a very long time. And it has nothing to do with him being a Democrat. It has everything to do with him being a socialist, because socialism does not work in a free country. Socialism doesn't work, period. Duh, never has, never will. Because mankind is sinful and selfish. And that's Just the bottom line. It doesn't work. Free stuff is never, ever free. Unless, you know, you're like three years old and you're growing up in your parents' house and they're paying for stuff. But the government is not your parents and you are not three years old. Well, maybe you are, but if you're listening you probably don't even realize what I'm saying, so... Yeah. So, it... The good thing is, if you don't think that communism is the direction that our country should be headed, I think that Bernie Sanders is the easiest candidate for President Trump to beat. Now, none of these is going to be particularly easy, in my opinion. Could the president have a massive red wave? Could he replicate Reagan's numbers? It is possible. In fact, some of the the polling data from the early states, Iowa and New Hampshire, suggests that the president could be uh, on track to have a, a massive landslide. That said, Democrats' early numbers suggest that they are also energized, which I didn't think would be the case. I assumed the reason that Sanders and Mayor Pete were winning was because the numbers were low. But in fact, the opposite is true. Democrats are seeing record turnout as well. At least in the early states. It could change. And it is important, it is in fact crucial, People have died for your right to be able to determine who will govern you, who will govern your family, who will govern your country. And so you need to be educated. You need to understand who the candidates are and participate in the electoral process. If you're a Democrat, get out and caucus when Democrats caucus on Saturday. If you're a Republican, and... and, and, you're harder to to talk to right now because that's someone that's in office and so you have (laughs) this will be easier once the the other candidate is determined to be easier because i i think we can pretty easily say that we do not want a communist in office and i can make that argument very strongly will be different if there are other candidates but I can't tell you who to vote for, but I'm saying if you're a Democrat participate in that process. If you're a Republican participate in that process. Find a way to get involved. Find a way to get your family involved. Find a way to support the person or persons that you believe will best represent you and your values both you know, in in your in your in your in your assembly district, in your senate district in the state house or, or in in Carson City in In Congress, in the Senate in Washington, D.C., and in the presidency, you find good people, help them win. People complain a lot about who gets elected, but very few actually do anything to help the good people win elections. Not everybody has a bunch of money, especially further down the ballot. They need your help. They need you to knock on doors for them. They need you to help them get elected. If you want to see good people in office, you need to vote. But you need to get involved in their campaigns. And it's important that you understand the differences in who candidates are. It's important that you know what your values are so that you can vote for someone that represents your values. So, for example, Bernie Sanders has vowed a pro row litmus test uh, and significant expansion for Planned Parenthood funding. He said, is there a litmus test for those of us up here? He was talking at a, at a debate in New Hampshire. He said, for me there is. I will never nominate any person to the Supreme Court or the federal courts in general who is not 100% pro-Roe versus Wade. Number two, we have got to codify Roe versus Wade into legislation. Number three, we have to significantly expand funding for Planned Parenthood. In the past, he's also said that he would not only uphold Roe v. Wade, but that he would expand it and direct the U.S. Department of Justice to go after states that restrict abortion in every legal way possible, including support for overseas abortion funding as part of fighting climate change. He He has voted, rather, against medical care for newborns who survive abortions. He's refused to answer whether abortion at any time for any reason is ever wrong. And... He declared that being pro-choice is an absolutely essential part of being a Democrat and said there is not room. Like, if you want to be a Democrat, you must be pro-choice in Bernie Sanders' Democratic Party. And not just pro-choice, but pro-choice for any reason at any time. No saving a baby from a botched abortion. No regard life in the womb whatsoever. That's a pretty hardcore leftist stance. What many people don't know is that Mayor Pete shares that stance. Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar have been presented as moderates by much of the mainstream media, but the opposite is true, and I had to outline that for you today, but I'm out of time, so I'm not going to do that, but uh, perhaps next week we'll get into this Mayor Pete, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, that the quote-unquote moderates of the Democratic Party are anything but. Bernie is very vocal about it. Bernie, you, you don't have any questions as to where he stands because he says it all. Mayor Pete and, and Senator Klobuchar, they, they are also very far left. It's just not as well known that they are far left. But they are not, in any sense of the word, moderate. Now, are they perhaps not communist? Yes. But, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm out of time. We'll have to get into this another time. We will talk about the differences between the other candidates. But I, I just wanted to encourage you today to get involved. Whoever it is that you support, whatever causes are important to you, find a way to be part of what is happening. For you, that that might be going to, to Mike Pence's event next week. And you might even get to meet the Vice President. How cool would that be? For some of you, it might be canvassing. It might be making phone calls. But find good people who are running for office and help them. And remember, as this week we are bombarded with politics and politicians here in the state of Nevada... It's a really, really cool opportunity that we have. Not every state gets this. Not every state gets the attention that we get. Don't waste the opportunity that you have when you live in a purpley state to go and experience things that people in other states wish they could experience. And make sure you expose your kids to this too. Teach them the importance of being involved in the civic process from beginning to end all the time that i have left for today thanks so much for being with us this has been the friddle show broadcasting on kbxl 101.1 fm experience 30 radio and on itunes and soundcloud just search for the friddle show happy belated valentine's day if you don't know the history of valentine's day i have a valentine's day episode up on itunes and soundcloud from last year all the same historic information still relevant i encourage you to go and listen to it it's kind of cool stuff i was going to get into that today as well but you know the time it's over And so are we. Adios. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.